Okay, good evening. So we are post Yom Tif now, and you know, in Elul, everyone uh, is geared up to work hard. Uh, but uh, the, the reality is, real life is now. I mean, you know, the day in and day out of life, and I, I, I have met. Uh, we all know certain Jews who pick up their game, and it's to their credit uh, around Yom Tovim, and then you don't see them again uh, for months, and they come back uh, the next Yom Tov. So the, the the hallmark of a of a of a pious Yerushalayim uh, good Jew is somebody who uh, is consistent in their service of Hashem. Ultimately, if you want to be great, you know, this whole work uh, really is about being great uh, and about being outstanding and about taking advantage of life and about making the most of our lives and being pious and being holy and being happy and and being successful, uh, religiously, spiritually, uh, and uh, everything of that sort. So, you know, in, in life, someone just showed me, showed me, showed me an, uh, a piece today. Uh, they apparently they had some study in modern orthodoxy, not in the, you know, modern orthodoxy, I think it's about 30%, 35% of American orthodoxy. Uh, and they're doing the, you know, 60 something percent of Haredi, ultra orthodox, by I think 6 or 7% of the pupils undetermined. So in the modern orthodox, it was like a breakdown of religiosity, not a breakdown, but a breakdown. <laughs> actually, you know how you how you put it? In some parts, actually, there was a breakdown. In some parts, there was an increase in observance. But what was astounding is is that you could really uh, sociologically classify people's observance. Like you can say, you know, when a sociologist would take a, a community, would say. How many of you daven every day? How many of you are super careful about kashras here? How many of you people, how, what percent of women uh, cover their hair? What percent of people uh, come to synagogue every week? Whatever the questions were that they asked uh, that group. But they could, you know, qual- and you, so you could be called religious based on such terminology. But really, that's the farthest thing from Judaism. Judaism really is, is growth-oriented. We're all supposed to look to be great. You don't, we, as we discussed Many weeks ago, none of us went one after 120 years to get up to Shemaim and say, you know, you lived a good, mediocre life. You want to be successful. And success means working on ourselves, not just about Yom Tovim, but throughout the year. This work with the Masulis of Sharm really helps us help ourselves. The Sefer helps us become, each one of us, become the people that we could and should be. And as I spoke about on Shabbos, the, the name of the game is not blame. Right? The name of the game is personal responsibility. And personal responsibility to do what we could be, uh, you know, means pushing ourselves. And then of course this work will push us to push ourselves. So we, we, we end it off, uh, I think it was before Shoshana, uh, we were talking about Nikias, uh, about being rain. Not rain like we can have soon, but rain clean in Yiddish. Naki, pure, which just to, to very briefly to reiterate, you know, um, Midas character traits 
even if you overcome them, if you're not clean from them, if you if you if you if you still have the toxicity of the mida in in you, you are a, a, a ticking time bomb for the wrong time, for the wrong moment. So if a person tries very hard hard not to get angry, but they haven't cleansed themselves from anger. There'll be a day where they don't get a good night's sleep and they had already some irritations out there and then something goes and bam, the person explodes. Why does that happen? Because they really never cleanse themselves from anger. Same thing from sadness, right? You know, they really, you know, so something happens. You know, people, some people have both, but usually... People react to stress or pressure or disappointments, either in anger or sadness. Right? Both of them are, are, are toxic and counterproductive to dealing with life and problems. Uh, in both of them, if you don't cleanse yourself, we all have that, that reaction because it's their inside. Same thing with a million other uh, things in, in life. So the more knocky we are, the better we are. So we were talking about Gizela and Geneva. And if you remember correctly, Mrs. Stolen said nobody from Jews can't steal. But then we were talking about what you would do at work, cutting corners, you know, borrowing things that don't belong. Actually, I, I tell you, I'll tell you, I, I, I rebuked the men this morning. I really, I gave it to them over the head. Not in a nice way. I smiled when I said it. But I did. You know, I said it. I, it was over Yomtif. People, now I'm not talking about this room now that the, all these gentlemen in the, in the room there are cleaning the svarim to, because of the floor, but people took books, they took svarim, and they didn't put them back. And there were gemaras and stuff that people looked for and they didn't have. So I said, you, you do that, you steal Torah from people. You steal from the shul. Somebody look, puts a book in the front of their seats and people have to go look for them. So you stole people's time. Very often people give up and they don't learn the safer and you stole their Torah. Nothing less. <laughs> it's a sh- it belongs to the shul. It's not personal property. It, you can't take a Gemara, put it somewhere, and, and, and someone else has to go hunting for I have to go hunting for a couple of svarim because somebody borrowed something from the shul, put it somewhere else to show, or misplaced it. That's stealing. That, why, is, why is people's time, energy, Torah not important? That's what I told there's a million things like that, which are, which when you really think about it, are very important. People's time, people's money. You work for a company. You have expectations, right? People have private property. You can't just use that property. So we're talking Nikias because actually I, I saw a terrible chaloshem, terrible, terrible chaloshem. It was someone sent me a, a link to a, 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 a cover of a, a New York paper. Of a from Jew, looked very religious, was convicted, not indicted, convicted yesterday of pocketing $5 million that was supposed to go to special needs kids. What a chiloshem. What a terrible, terrible chiloshem. The person you'd see, the person looks so religious, so pie. And I'm sure the person is, keeps very much kosher, probably prays three times a day. You're looking at me like it's this. Do you know what the, you know what that does to uh, when you have know, a person like that? You know what the chil Hashem is when you have that? What a terrible chil Hashem! It's like you know. Uh, and then you think that uh, many religious Jews do these type of things, 
Every time someone does it, it's a terrible, terrible, terrible. I mean, besides the fact that if, assuming it's true, he stole from poor kids for, for his own belly, you know, and his own rationalization. So how does that happen? How does it, how in the world does somebody like that end up that way? There's no, they don't start out that way. Start cutting corners, start rationalizing. Everyone's Robin Hood. You ever hear this person Robin Hood? It's such a worldly crowd. Right? I was going to tell that. Right? Um, so, so, everyone thinks that their their cause is just. And in my case, I support my family. Or, or they really don't need it. Or it's government money. Or whatever. That people understand. Or I work really hard. The person was actually in charge of the school. I, you know, I work really hard. I actually needed a raise. So I decided to give myself a raise. I took a very low salary. Whatever it may be. You know, Nikias in, in stealing, you know, people start, they don't start big. Nobody comes a, a Bernie Madoff overnight. You start, you do a little bit, you do another bit, and then it, it boomerangs. It gets bigger, bigger, so then people get caught up in in it. So we were talking about Nikias in, in, in business. It's... You know, I mentioned sometimes people hire people and they don't pay them their salary. Stealing. Right? Or they chip them off. I've heard this from many people. Um, if you say to yourself, Now, so it's not actually about Selling actually, I think we just actually, I think we did, we finished as well. Just read what he says. If you're gonna sell something, you can't rip people off. You're selling your house, right? Now you can sell your house, but if you know there's a serious defect, you gotta tell the people. You can't just rip them off. Basically, you can't do it. If you want to sell your product, you have a great product. So if I would sell my house, okay, so I would say. My house uh, is next to the park. Right? If it's a from family, it's great. It happens to be the park is right there. It's true. Now I can sell it all I want. Happens to be we really get very little traffic from the school because it goes all that traffic goes on Willow. But on Willow, I'm trying to raise the value of my price, house, house price. Right? It's all all the traffic single. So I can say it's true. Right? Now, I can't say my house was painted yesterday because I, I haven't painted the outdoors since I'm there. So that would be a lie. Oh, it's freshly painted. Or, you know, um, or I should say, um, what? New roof, right? It's brand new. How new? I don't know. It's new. It's, you know, happens to be relatively new. My point is, is nothing wrong with accentuating the positive if it's true. You sh- good salespeople accentuate the positive. You know, uh, uh, you know, if people ask me for the show, I tell them the positive. I'm not going to tell them, you know, but if they ask something that's not true, you know, I, I'm not going to tell, you know, uh, do they have this? They don't have it. I'm not going to say that that's, that that's there. I mean, there's a million things. You can't sell people something. Um, it's not true. You know, when you're a good shalchen, uh, you, 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 you stress the positive of the shidduch. I once... Um, I once had a person that I know very well, who I grew up with, who um, had a... I, I can't even describe how dysfunctional the home was. I mean, 
the person happened to be a delightful person, but the phone was not normal, dysfunctional. I mean, and I and I and I'm a rabbi. I'm telling you, it's not my mother's my mother-in-law is a professor of social work. I'm telling you, this phone was dysfunctional, adoid, um, not normal. Uh, so I had a shadow of Christ set this person up because they're going to be marrying to this. This is like beyond bizarre. Um, so I asked Godel, can I set this guy up? And he told me no. He said to me, so he said to me, he said, you can't, it's not fair to sell somebody and you're going to, when you are selling something, when you know that whoever marries is going to have major issues with in-laws or whatever it may be. Uh, so I said to him, well, how do you expect this guy to get married? Yeah, to be Hashem, there's many Shadchanim who won't ask the questions, who don't know the person. He's a good person. I'll get married. But you can't. You who know the whole story cannot be the one to do that. You cannot. People trust you. You're coming as someone that they're going to trust. You cannot sell something which is not trustworthy. So Hashem will make The person will get married somehow. Otherwise, it won't be through you. But you can't be the one. I'm just Even by a mitzvah, that's my point over here. Even by a mitzvah, you cannot rationalize selling something which is disingenuous. Right? You know, I, on the contrary, by the way, I, you know, most of uh, in the from world, not in the not from world or the Balachu world, but the from world, a lot of the things that I see buyer's remorse and when people do not have full disclosure. <laughs> if you know what you're getting into, you know you're getting into. I actually just dealt somebody from New York called me about a shidduch, um and they asked me how to deal with something. I said, you cannot, you cannot get married without being giving full disclosure in this matter because you will see if you don't, you will regret it. You cannot do these things. Right? You have to be honest. And if the person is interested in you, they'll marry you. And if they're not, then it's not meant to be. Right? But what would happen is if one day a person wakes up in marriage and finds out, hey, I didn't know this, they feel ripped off and cheated. They, they feel uh, taken advantage of. So it's, you can you always sell the good. You can always push the merits. Right? But... Um, but to conceal something, right? If something is problematic, right? If you cover over the house has asbestos, and you, you give a nice fresh coat of paint, or the house has something really bad, and you say, "Oh, it looks beautiful." Look, how, you have this. You paint it, and you don't tell them that that that, that there's the house has major defaults, and the house looks beautiful. But really, it's a problem. That's being a swindler. So in that case, it's financial deceit and prohibited. So a good salesperson, you focus on the good qualities, but you don't, you know, uh, uh, deny or hide or subterfuge problems. Now, again, so there could be something minor which is nobody cares about. You don't have to accentuate something which is really... Mo- but anything which is certainly major or anything which is questionably major, right? Being honest in business or in life is that. Right? Whether you're selling a car, a house, a shidduch, uh, a deal, uh, or, whatever, or whatever it is, the Torah tells us you can't swindle people. You can't rip them off. Right? He says, now in the old days... You know, the, there was uh, many people were peddlers or mar- on the market, and they had to measure. You know, little pictures of like the 
Lower East Side, 1908. You see them with their scales, you know. Or in Europe, somewhere, you know, in Hungary or Poland, like they're all waiting, weighing things out. Uh, so not about Midas, says the Ramchal. You know why? Because the Torah explicitly says, a person who fixes the scales, a person who, who is disingenuous, God despises them. You know what the To'eva? Abominable? Abominable is what God uses about homosexuality, which is abominable, right, in the Torah's perspective, the act. Abominable is very rarely used in Torah literature. Um, you know, and certainly everyone would think, you know, again, I'm not, we're not judging, judging gay Hasan in California to judge anyone, but gay people, you know, and people with tendencies. I, but one thing is clear as a, as as anything: homosexuality is act is forbidden. Okay, it is a serious Torah prohibition on, my, on many levels. Actually, will this week we learn about the flood? <laughs> one of the main reasons Chazal say the flood caused was because of that. You only been studying in a couple weeks. Now, one of the main reasons why storm happened is because of homosexuality. So don't let any California tuma seep into your heads. People are people. We we're kind to all people. <laughs> but homosexuality is usr gomor. It's taeva. You know what else is taeva? Being a crook. Crook. Being crooked. You know, going ahead and fixing scales is a disgusting, abominable thing that Tara says. It's a it's a, an abominable thing. So I'm not going to even talk about that. Um, our sages tell us, Kasha. Oh my goodness, look what it says. Kasha anashim shomidas. If you have false measures, it's even more severe than illicit relationships. Now you think illicit, you know? Can you imagine going to Hollywood saying, "What was that guy named? What's the guy's name? Uh, Har- Harvey Blobstein, right? uh, Slobstein." Right? What's worse? I mean, I mean, I mean he, his was not consensual, so Kenza, that's not, he was talking, was talking about over her. Huh? Some, some, some low life in Hollywood. Many, many of them are low lives, just him we know about. Right? right? Many of them are low lives. Unfortunately, this guy was an animal. Um, you know, so we know about him. But you think, the Torah says, Kashamidas. It's more of a. Now, again, the rise that this is talking about is consensual rise, right? People married woman and not her husband, which is consensual, which is serious. Baya. You know, all of this type of stuff. The Amru Hasiton. Actually, you know, I once got a get by telling the person that if there's no get, you're. Any act, and they're not religious people, is, uh, is adultery. I mean, literally adultery. You know, I mean, uh, uh, and, and if, so the guy said, I don't care. So I told the guy, I said, but you know what happens, though? If she, if, 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 if she dies, you're going to sit shiver for her. If she does no get, then said, okay, I'll get the get. <laughs> In fact, his wife would have done adultery, he didn't care about. But if he had to sit shiver for her, then all of a sudden he was willing to get. I'm not saying shiver for her. So you're married. You have to say shiver for her. You know, was not a non-religious um, Sephardi individual. But you know, the, the point is, is arise is serious stuff, right? And Midas, you know, scales 
is also serious. And a whole stress to wipe ourselves. We see from serious prohibitions, being honest in business, giving over what you're supposed to give. You should not they clean your skills, that you should not, by mistake, even make mistakes. Kol shechen oven Certainly to give, uh, again, it's just getting through a litany of monetary uh, laws, so we should be very super careful about interest. Business world today, anytime you're dealing with interest and you're Jews, you've got to ask a Shiloh. Always. <laughs> Always. Right? If it's a parent and a kid and, and, and taking a guarantor, you always need to ask a Shiloh. It's super duper complex. Call Shekhan Oven Haribis. Ribis is interest. Yes. So if I if 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 well if if you take a loan from a Jew and they make you pay interest, right? No interest ever allowed in business. If you're business partners, uh, if it's a settlement in 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 a, in a buyout of a deal, uh, you know one of the issues of when you have a parent and a child buying a house together, and one's assuming the, the loan payments. And really, what happens is, is the parents really lending the kid the money, and the kid's paying back the interest. I mean, like. You can have these complex deals where it gets problematic. So, whenever there's interest and more than one Jew involved, you just got to double check that you're not getting yourself into trouble. Okay? Um, so, Va'amu Chazal, Beneshech Nasim Vitarbas This is super serious stuff. That he, this is a, a Medish Rabbah, he who gives loans with interest with usury or takes interest. Shall he live? He shall not live. Which means a person who collects ribis, Chazal tells us, is one of the things, interest, that there's no resurrection of the dead for such a person. Super serious, yeah. The Rothschilds were money lenders. Oh, so, right. So most of well, the Rothschilds, you should know, were not doing small commercial sales. Most of the Rothschilds did is they lent money to the king's dukes. Uh, the major businesses in uh, in Europe, they weren't le- le- lending to Yankel Schmo in uh, in Krakow, they were you know or in Berlin. They were lending to major things. But one of the things that banks do, the Rothschild, was, was Bank Lumi or Bank Apollim do. So they have called the Hatter Iskra, which is how they do it. There there are ways banks could do or corporations because it's not individual; it's a corporation. Could do, but there are banks in New York where, where from people know not to use because they're owned by Jews. They don't have a hetariska, and there's interest involved. I remember when I was in Lakewood, New Jersey, there was one bank in the center of town which was known people did not the front people did not use because it had uh, corporate people involved who are high up, who owned more than five percent of the company, who are Jews. And they were, if you took a loan or mortgage from them, you'll be paying them back interest, mm-hmm. right? That's ribis. Well, any major company, whether it's Wells Fargo, Chase, uh, Citibank, uh, they're not owned by anyone. They're owned by right. millions of people, uh, and nobody owns five percent of them. But let's say, let's imagine all of a sudden, because he could if he wanted to, uh, Sergey Brin decide to buy twelve percent of Wells Fargo. Then you can't do business. Until they have a, until they have a, 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 a hetariska. Yeah. You know, if, if he bought more than 5% of Wells Fargo, 
individually, not as part of, not as invested in a mutual fund, which owns, uh, then you cannot take a loan from Wells Fargo until until that's fixed. Yeah. So, you what know. What do you do if you have an existing loan in that situation? You got to deal with it. That's, yeah, I mean, you, you didn't take a loan with, well, with him. You took a loan right. with Wells Fargo. So, it's, you have to. But you have to question it. Yeah, exactly. Um. So, so it's, I don't want to even embellish on it that, that ribbis and anything like it, even its dust, is disgusting in front of Hashem. Because we know it's fear. People were Jews knew so much they can't do interest. They don't even talk about this. People know. People were careful not to do anything with, with, with ribbis with, with interest. Now, as we can conclude with monetary things, and then we're going to start a different topic, which is. Uh, probably more pertinent for most. Money. Dealing with money. People want to keep their money. They're, you know, they're, they're, they don't like to lose their money. They like to make money. It's great, and, it's, and there's many stumbling blocks. You know, unfortunately, as I mentioned just yesterday, someone showed me a picture of a, of a from Jew going to jail. There are other Jews who are just dishonest in business, who are otherwise good people, but they the, the money blinds them. Right? Money, 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 uh, uh, and dealing in money is. You know, and you have, as I said, you can have workers um, who uh, you know their lunch breaks are always long, who borrow from the company, take things from the company. I mean, and they walk around like. Thinking this is okay. Um, again, all companies have a culture, and within that culture, whatever they let you do, it's fine. If it's, but all country companies have red lines, and, and the people know that this is not okay. This is not acceptable. And to really be truly knocky clean, just like you want to be clean from anger, not to explode. You want to be clean from any any improper gains, not to mess up. You have to have a lot of contemplation and considerable care. But if you become clean from this, then you've already reached a high level. Because uh, many people became very righteous in many acts of piety, but but despising uh, ill-gotten gains. They did, they did not come to this. They, you know, there's all kinds of. Uh, I think I think Bibi Netanyahu. I don't know if, to what extent he's under all kinds of investigations right now. You know, did he take things improper? Now, there's no question these people want to destroy him and ruin him politically. Uh, I, I, I don't know, but I, but I do know that historically many government officials in Israel and throughout the world use their positions. Uh, you know, there's a guy in the Trump administration had to resign. He was taking flights on the government do- dollar around the world, you know, you know going, going on, on, on uh, you know, on joyrides, on, on government planes. So in a bet, especially in your position of where you could get away with it, where you can take advantage of it, it's, it's not... You know, it's not always uh, done, unfortunately. That's what Soifar said to Eov. Look at Eov. Eov, what happened to you? I saw you dove and I saw you were righteous. You were doing all kinds of good things. You were offering sacrifices. So he said to him, 
So Tzofar thought maybe Yov did some, some improper business. So Tzofar says to him, If there's, if there's iniquity, if there's guilt, if there's money, if there's cats that shouldn't be there, push it away. And, 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 you, you won't, uh, and, and it will take, it will take, you won't have nothing to worry about. Again, any, you know, by the way, this includes, you know, wills, and other things, you know, where people, um, you know, I, I have a background, my, my, legal, my law background is in trust in estates. And because of that, over the years, uh, I've got uh, calls uh, about uh, family fights. I can tell you that there, uh, I mean, you don't need me to tell you, there have been families destroyed over these things. I'm not even talking about the fights that they go through. But they destroy themselves over money. Destroy themselves. I know one family that got... Actually, I got called. I mean, I didn't really... Completely East Coast family. They, they got me involved because of whatever. Somebody asked, told them that I have back... I mean, killed themselves. And they got sick. Physically sick. Fighting over money. Right? Um, so, yeah. Honesty is also in this area as well. And he departed the name of Prati Mitzvah Achsen. He said, I only spoke of one. Some of, the, some of these are one of the Mitzvahs. Kaprotiklum, a lot of other Mitzvahs called Mitzvah Mitzvah. So, you know, Nikias, like this, is in every single Mitzvah. Am Eno Mazker, Lo Isam, Shre Gilam, Abene Adam. But he says, We're going to focus on Nikias, which many people stumble. And the next one is in Arias. Now, I don't think anyone in this show would do Arias, Arias. Sleep with a relative. Sleep with someone else's husband or wife, or somebody who's forbidden to them. I'm happy you're giving me that face. <laughs> I'm happy you're giving me that face. Um, but I will tell you quite frankly, without exaggeration, multiple times, I've had people becoming religious or not religious in my office tell me they did these things. <laughs> Multiple, uh, and and this is not my. This, I'm not. Uh, I don't have a background in that. So it means th- these things happen, and for sure in the world, you just have to look at, 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 at any newspaper to know what 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 the, what the dear Ann Landers or dear whatever her name is. Uh, uh, what what the number one questions always are. It's always in these in these kind of areas. Um, but I'm not even we're not even talking about that. Arias, you see, we live in a world which is promiscuous. And we're affected by a promiscuous world. All of us. All of us. You see, all of us are not, gonna, none of us are going to do the, the, the extreme Pez Hashem. But all of us live in a world which is whacked out in Arias. It's not Sodom and Amorah. If you see what Chazal says Sodom and Amorah is, it's not Sodom, but it's not Yushalayim Shalmila either. Uh, it's, 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 it's on the path towards Sodom and Gomorrah, where the direction is towards that, right? Which means of, of, of no rules or, or perverted rules or, or advocating things which are, uh, as far as Judaism is the opposite of Kedusha, of Tahara, of holiness, and making that normal. And saying that this is the way it should be, 
and making it progressive and cosmopolitan and vogue, vogue, right? Uh, all right, and saying this this is how and the periodicals go, saying that and the media and the movie stars and the rock stars and the dresses and 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 the, and the models and on every level this lack. I mean, look at the sneeze. I mean, on every level. I mean. You look at pictures of the 1930s and, 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 and 80 years later, I mean, the way women dress, what was on the street, I mean, how people dress, what they do, I mean, it's a different, that, it's all connected to this. So let's see what this is about Nikias and Arias. And the Dabrat and Arias. Now, remember, he's speaking to gentlemen as a general. So they pick on the, uh, on, 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 but it's, this is for all. Shigam Arias, you know, is also coveted for people. Now, ladies are different than men. So, you know, I, I, I don't mean to the verb, but men are the weakest creatures. You can have a guy who's happily married and a woman walks by who's improperly dressed. Right? Because men are weak. Okay? Men are super... You, even... Uh, uh, a macho guy, or a guy that gets very religious, or nebisha, you know what is? Someone's nerdy, you can't even imagine, look at this. You put someone, you know, somebody told me recently in a, in a community, in, uh, in Hollywood, so they couldn't control their eyes, I couldn't believe the person told me this. And like, this person? Uh, but, man is a man, men are weak. Women are different. Women, forgetting their eyes, they need, they like to feel beautiful. They, like, you know, you really say they like to be whistled or, like, hit on. I'm talking guy showmen, not from ladies. Hey, it makes them feel good. I'm not talking about all guys showmen either. I'm talking about, you know, what makes a good lady feel good is people look at her as beautiful. Ladies look at her as beautiful. You know, uh, you know being attractive. It, it, a woman's self-esteem is very connected to that. A man can walk out with the hair, like, you know, in shorts and, like, didn't brush his teeth. Yeah, I'm going to tell you what goes on in boys' camps. Okay, I will not describe to you. Just four sons, I think. Uh, you, no, <laughs> it, until what goes on in a yeshiva dorm, you cannot imagine the lack of hygiene uh, that a guy can possibly do, right? Uh, uh, you know, a, a girl, a woman can go to an all women's event, event and wear makeup and like, like, you know, because she wants to be beautiful. I mean, you know, and certainly if people think she's beautiful, um, you know, it makes her, and if you know. If men are checking her out, even if she would never do anything, there's a certain amount. Of, so there's a Gemara. The Gemara says that one of the doors of Tanayim was walking the street, and they commented on how she was walking so modestly. So she walked even more modestly. She means she was attuned to what people were saying about her. Very much on how she walked, how she talked, how she dressed. That's what people, ladies, are much more... Uh, inclined. I mean, I, I have girls in high school, I, even in from schools, and I know this for a fact. The kid, the girls need to be with it the way everyone else dresses, you know, they, they, or they're, they themselves are unhappy or their self esteem. Boys is not something. Boys have different pressures. That is not the pressure of boys. Boys don't think on those terms at, 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 at all. Nothing, if I don't wear this, then I'm not going to be, you know. But a girl has to be this shoe. One of my girls, my was telling me, if you don't wear this shoe in the school, you are, that's it. 
I, you know, I, you know that, that's it. You know, I, but to take a girl out of that from all the part in the world, where everything, I, you know, I, I'm not going to get into feminism because I think uh, I will, I will just go off on a, on, a, on a bashing tangent of what feminism became in America today. But one, there's obviously there's positives of what you call feminism, you know, equal pay for equal work, respect, all of that is Judaism's. But you know, what feminism, the problem of feminism, of course, is you know that women become men. A, that, you know, go to a reform temple, you'll see what feminism is. You see a girl have a bat mitzvah at 13, wear tefillin, do whatever a boy does. I mean, that, that is, whatever a, whatever a boy does, a girl has to do. It's not that there's differences. But also, you know, which is shocking, you know, today more than ever, I know there's different theories, blah, 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 you know, women are, 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 are womanized more than ever. There are more modeling. You can't sell a beer. You can't sell a car. You can't sell anything without some half-naked lady sitting there. I mean, that's uh, every commercial. Every you can't you can't be a rock star. If can you imagine, you know, a, a rock star on stage dressed like people in the 1940s, a lady? No way. It wouldn't sell. It would not sell. I don't care what the voice is. So there's a tremendous pressure in this area, and it, and all of what stirs it is the covenant for rise. Even the care about looking beautiful or for a guy of course he's not, he's not going to do anything but his eyes turn or you know I remember when I was I took a summer class in FIU anyone know what FIU? you know where it is because from Florida Florida International University embarrassingly enough for the state of Florida the number one ranked academic university is FIU Florida colleges are known for one thing, actually more than one thing, but one big thing, football. So, University of Miami, University of Florida, Florida State, they're always top five, top ten football teams in the country. And I don't for academics. So I went to FIU, I was taking a summer class. This was like the academic school in Florida. And so I took a class on 19th century history. My history professor decided to have one paper to be the entire grade of the class. What was the paper going to be on? On You had to go through newspapers of Victorian England, Victorian England, and, 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 and which, which discussed how the article, they would constantly, the Victorian English newspapers would constantly talk about uh, prostitution arrests. Okay? Uh, and they would embellish on every detail because that was a scintillating thing in Victorian England. But the point of this class... So I, well, I'm going to tell you what I did in a second. But you have to imagine, in Victorian England, where, everything, where there's a large degree of propriety outside, the number one selling point in the was the arrest of the prostitutes and how bad it was. But they'd be vivid. Like, you know, uh, you know very vivid about everything. And you have to write out a 20-page paper on this. So my first day in class, I told this professor, I said, Sir... I was, I was 18. I was an Orthodox Yeshiva student. I said, you realize I can't write a paper. I'm not sitting there reading newspapers about this or writing a paper. I'm a, I'm a very religious Orthodox Jew. See, I was fortunately, I was wearing you know, white shirt, black jacket. So he said, okay, you're, you could pick a different topic. So I wrote, in the ninth century, I wrote about Richard Wagner's anti-Semitism. <laughs> Which actually was interesting. Uh, and how that affected not the Nazi party. But, but, but going back to that, I mean, 
That's what people in Victorian England did. No, you, you would stop there. He's, this class was, I was 18, so it was 23 years ago. So it was, it, this class was 23 years ago. It was 1994, okay? So 1994, they're reading about 115 years before. Do you think people in Victorian England were psychoanalyzing themselves why they're reading these articles? I'm sure if they would, they'd realize why they're so interested in reading these articles. But for the, this class, who 30 kids wrote a paper about this, you know, it's because you can see where their heads were. What's really driving them when they're buying the newspaper? What's really selling the newspapers? You know, what's, what's really, you know, what's selling? And in the Arias, to, just to tickle your scintillating imagination by reading a, a newspaper was so strong that you can study 115 years later and see how an impact of the news industry in England. You understand what I'm saying? This temptation is tremendously sticky. And even if you think you're living in Mayor Sharam or in B'nai Brak, don't the person shouldn't fool themselves. Sometimes there's even an overreaction the other way, which we'll get to. <laughs> which is also dangerous. Right? It's it's a fine balance in this area. Uh This is second to Gezel. Most people steal. They use people's property or possessions or time illicitly. Few people actually do actual relationships, which are forbidden. However, if you want to get nothing, have no effect of Arias, where there's no tumor of wanting what's not yours, nothing of that sort in your soul, uh, takes a lot of work. It's not just not just talking about having a illicit relationship. Anything which leads in that direction whether it's flirtation, gazing for men, right, dressing provocatively or mildly provocatively for ladies, uh, you know, touching, all of these things, you know, giggling in the wrong people, um, reading newspapers in Victorian England, right, Stare, staring. My wife told me when Mr. Clinton was was uh, being prosecuted in the 1990s for his iniquities, she was not able to read the paper for three or four months. She really, Why? Because he had every vivid detail. She told me she, didn't read the, she would not read the paper. She wouldn't get near it. I was done in the mirror. She but I didn't know there was a world at the time. You know, but, uh, you know, I, I mean, to read the paper, you don't think, you don't think that that puts ideas into your head? You, the, these things are so sticky. Arias is sticky. Lewdness, promiscuity is very different than other things. It impacts a person's soul very deeply. The, you, you can look over the Torah and see over and over even great, great, great people can get caught up in this. The, the sakana, the danger of being stuck by this, of putting wrong ideas or wrong thoughts, or impacting people's marriage. Um, I mean, I can't say things I can't even say on tape, but I can tell you, for, for people see sometimes even in their own marriages have very um, 
and it comes from the, the non-Jewish world, very uh, problematic realities, you know, and that, it, it impacts people's marriages, um, men and women. Elakol uh, Karvalov, anything like this, anything like Arias, or Mikra Malehu, it's actually an explicit Pasuk in Vayikra, in Parshish Kedoshim, about being Hola. Lo Sikravu Legalis Erva. You should not get close in any form, in any fashion, in any way, right? Whether it's hugging someone else's husband for the ladies in here, or giggling at them. Or, you know, uh, I, I, let alone dancing or doing anything else with them, to walk in the streets in a certain way, to deal with doctors, to the papers you read, to the movies you watch, to the music you listen to. Anything which leads a person closer to Arias, to forbidden relationships, the Torah forbids. Leisikrivu legalis ervo. Don't get close to doing acts of Arias. Nothing which leads to it, nothing which connected to it. In the weeks ahead, we'll discuss exactly these things. And one thing we should all know, and I, and I, and I, I include myself in this, in the world that we live in today, this is an area which every one of us, every one of us needs chizuk in. Okay, we'll pick up next week. Thank you.